Ready? <laughs> oh, I'm ready, Shelby. Hey, book lovers. Welcome to another exciting episode of Miss Willa's Book Club. I'm Shelby. And I'm Jenna. We're your hosts, and we're excited to be here with you today discussing our favorite thing, books. Whether you're a fan of magical fantasy realms or a hopeless romantic, we have the perfect book recommendations for you. So grab your bookmarks and get cozy, because each episode we'll be discussing viral books on BookTok and Bookstagram. And don't forget that drink of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, hi, Jenna. Well, hi, hi Shelby. <laughs> How you doing today? Oh, pretty good. Welcome back. Welcome back. The Miss Willis Book Club podcast. Uh, <laughs> I love it. This is kind of our last Ustram deep dive until we both finish with Crescent City. Yeah, Three. I think we're going to have two parts of this also, but we are on Crescent City 2 House, House of, of Sky, Sky and, and Breath. Breath. Yay! Yeah. This was a monster of a book. Ugh. She's a big boy, yes. for sure. For Which, sure. I thought, for some reason, I thought that this one was, like, a whole lot bigger than the first one. No. They were the same exact... Yeah, they're the same, yeah. like, pretty much the same page count. But yeah. um, I think when Crescent City 1 came out, mm-hmm. it was when there was, like, a paper shortage. And so they were using thinner paper. Oh. And so that's why the book is narrower, even though it's the same page count. It's also why oh, Priory of the Orange Tree looks really scary, even yeah. though it's not <laughs> really any bigger of like a page count than we've already read oh, interesting. it's just i think it has thicker pages oh well that's very interesting I yeah didn't think fun about fact <laughs> i know i'm sad because kind of like with priory of the orange tree my this copy of house of the sky of breath is the uh hardback but i have the paperback mm. of the first one and i'm so sad about it i don't yeah. like it when they don't match i have my <laughs> naked hardbacks of both because i mm-hmm. Don't like reading with a dust jacket on. Oh, I don't read with it on. This is starting to get really beat up. I was noticing the spines like are kind of cracking right there. Mine has that too. It's seen some use, but that's okay. It's well loved. Every time I read, I take that off, but I just put it on for for this because it it looks pretty. pretty. Yeah. Who do we think is on the cover? Oh, is that? I assumed. I don't know. I guess I thought it was Hunt, but. It does kind of look like Hunt. It's also blue though. And so it kind of makes you think of like Therian. But Therian has red hair. It doesn't look like red to me. No, it doesn't. And there's the lightning. I don't know that I've ever actually looked that closely at the cover. Hold on. (laughs) I know that everybody was really overanalyzing the cover for three. Uh, Yeah, everybody thinks it's I don't know that I looked that close at this. Okay, we got the snake for the Viper Queen, I guess. We got the lightning for Mm -hmm. uh, Hunt. I feel like I see a shifter on the chest, maybe, and maybe like the oh, sword or that. dagger or something down it. I see a feather on the right side. Interesting. The one yellow eye and one dark eye is interesting. I don't know that, that is I had thought about that before. It kind of makes it, the yellow eye makes me think of, um, and maybe this is spoilers. So maybe I should wait. <laughs> <laughs> maybe wait. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know that I ever looked that closely. Yeah. Oh, and then the wings. The wings could be Hunt. Yeah, I think that's probably why I always assumed it was Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's like such a blue theme that it made me think of many waters instead of Hunt. But yeah, Hmm. curious. And the only reason I say that is because everybody is trying to theorize who the heck is on the the third one. Yeah. So yeah, it just, it it made me think of it. Oh, funny. (laughs) So what did you rate this book, Jenna? I still give it five stars. Yeah, yeah same, I gave it five same. stars in the first time and I gave it five stars again now. I still think Crescent City 1 is maybe slightly better for me mm-hmm. than 2, but I really like 2 also. I I totally agree. I I gave it a five stars as well. I loved it. I think the ending like really made up for yeah. the rest of it, but I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think that the first one was better. 
Yeah, I mean, the last 100 pages of this book are just absolutely nuts. <laughs> so yes. I feel like it is just such a whirlwind, which we'll get into because I feel like oh, yeah. I'm still, even a second time reading it, I'm still confused about yes. some things of like how that tied up. Definitely. But, yeah, I got lots of feelings. I don't even know that I have very much spoiler free to say in this one. I don't I don't think so either because I think after coming out of Crescent City 1, mm-hmm. I think we've really covered the main base of like how the world is kind of working. Right. I think we might have some like a couple of new characters and like some new things that we learn about our characters but like we're in the same world we've got less world building in this one I think and yeah our our world expands a little bit from Mm -hmm. Crescent City one because Crescent City one is mostly just in the Nathion and so we do maybe spread a little bit some other parts of Midgard but um yeah I feel like for the most part it's like easier coming into Crescent City too because You already know what's going on. You already know all these people and everything. Exactly. So that part is definitely easier. Yeah, it was nice coming in and knowing more. Because even mm-hmm. after the second time, after reading House of uh, Earth and Blood, I felt like I was still just like, oh my gosh, that's so much information. Like I know that I'm missing some right. like, key points, whatever. So yeah, it was nice to come into this one. So kind of as always, we're going to have spoilers for all of SJM. So Akatar, Throne of Glass. Crescent City, of course. Mm-hmm. Lots of inner world connections in this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So definitely spoilers for all three of those. Yes. So last warning to exit quickly. Yeah. Because we don't want to spoil it for you if you haven't read it. Yeah. Well, even though SJM herself is spoiling it for everyone. Yeah. What People will was talk that? about that briefly. Did we talk about that last time? Or no? I don't think we did. I think she just posted it this week. Yeah. But I, that was really unexpected. Yeah. If you didn't see it and you follow Bloomsburg, her publisher or SJM herself, they posted a quote from Crescent City 3 as like an advertisement for it <laughs> that completely spoils the end of HOSAP. And it was <laughs> like, hold on. This is like the biggest spoiler of like forever in books. And it was like the, the worst. Oh my gosh. What was your take on it? Did you feel like it was rude to SJM's fans that haven't finished the series yet? Or do you feel like the books have been out for long enough that, you know, it's like really unfortunate. We don't want to spoil for anybody, but also they've been out for a couple of years and guess what? It gave her a lot of attention on book three. Yeah, it did. I think, I don't know. I'm kind of a little bit torn because if I, if I like SJM has always been big, right? But over the past couple of months like with all the hype coming out with Crescent City 3 I feel like she's gotten a lot more support around reading her other books so like say somebody goes in and they just read Crescent City and then they're like oh I didn't realize that this was this whole universe or say somebody just picked up Akatar for the first time a month ago like yeah I'd be kind of pissed but at the same time it's been out I think it's almost exactly two years yeah it's been out for a while Mm mm-hmm and so at that at that time, it's like, well, it's been out for a while. If you haven't read it yet, I'm excited for the third one. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think she's, she's also said in enough interviews mm-hmm. and other things, comments like, oh, you can't read the next Akatar book without reading Crescent City. Right. Or things like that. So I feel like she's made it really clear already. And it's, again, really, really unfortunate. But yeah. I kind of get it. Like yeah. you want to be able to say things that are going to get your fan base excited. Exactly. And while I know there are some people just reading it now and I'm like really sad for them to have that ruined. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people have already read it and I we're know. just excited by it. I don't know. I was just curious to get your two I, cents on that. Yeah. I was, I, it's hard because I definitely see both uh-huh. sides of it. Like I don't want it ruined no, for anybody. Not at all. But it has been out for kind of a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm. We'll be really careful to not post any spoilers for Crescent City Three. That, I bet within yeah. the month of it releasing. Oh I yeah. I just, I think it's really rude when people start to post spoilers for books like mm-hmm. the day that it comes out because they finish it really fast or something. Exactly. People are reading it, and even though I know you're excited about it, even with spoiler warnings, I just kind of have this like the first couple weeks after it comes out. Yeah. Give people time to read and enjoy it. Like, don't exactly. rush people into having to see those things because sometimes you don't notice right away before you scroll. Mm-hmm. I will be um, off TikTok for um, yeah. until I finish that book. <laughs> well, have you seen that it's been leaked? 
I yeah, I've, honestly, I've not been on TikTok very much because I heard it was mm-hmm. leaked, and I just I don't want to see anything that's gonna. Anytime I see anything, I just swipe past it. Yeah. And so I have, I, thankfully, I have not had anything spoiled for me yet. Mm-hmm. But there was somebody that I saw on Instagram who like got like an early release copy of it, mm. and she was like, even she was posting her reactions, and I was like, I, yeah, I don't want to know that I either. Don't, I don't want to know. And she's like, I saw somebody's name, and it's like, okay, maybe don't like. Yeah. Don't no, say I, stuff like that. And that's why I won't be on TikToks, even if it's not a spoiler i still don't, I don't want to know. know if people like it i don't want to know if people don't like it right i don't want to know if 70 percent into the book you were sobbing i don't want to know mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to experience that for myself and yeah. i don't want anyone else to <laughs> so I, I mm-hmm. yeah i will just not put myself in a position where i might have that ruined for me right well and then it reminds me of when iron flame came out yeah people were posting right, right away. away so fast that's what i'm seeing i yeah. think that was a really good example of a anticipation like highly yeah. anticipated release that people posted content too quickly. That pop of the I lip know. gloss. <laughs> I need a little something. My lip gloss popping. My lip gloss. Oh, it didn't do it. That was a much less satisfying Dang. sound. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but yeah, because everybody was saying when we were reading Iron Flame, I kept seeing people be like, "Oh, it's not as good as the first. Oh, I don't like it. Yeah, I, don't I didn't. Like it. Yeah, and I mean, it changed my mind a little bit, which was sad. Yeah, and that's part of why I say if. I just mm-hmm. we don't just look. Stay, I don't yeah. put myself in a position yeah. to see things on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's but that's really my two though. cents. Yeah. Um, but with that, yeah, with let's that, go let's ahead and get, get into spoilers. Here we go. <laughs> so we don't want to spoil it for you. So of course, spoilers. yes. <laughs> As <laughs> we said, come back because yep. we're we're really excited about this one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh, where okay. do we even start? <laughs> so just generically, mm-hmm. how did you feel about Hunt? In this book versus the last book. And how did you feel about Hunt in this book during this read mm. versus during the last, the first time that you read this book? Um, so I thought Hunt's personality was really boring. In this book? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was just kind of like, we're going to go along with whatever and I'm going to give a little bit of a pushback, but I'm not going to like really say my two cents he kind of just went along with whatever bryce said felt like um but i thought his powers more in- were more interesting this time mm-hmm. he's kind of a lovesick puppy in this yeah. book a little bit <laughs> i remember being more bored with hunt the first time i yeah. read this book but reading it again this time i wasn't quite as bored of him yes. like i remember not even really liking him like finding him so mm-hmm. dull last time that I just didn't even like him anymore right and I didn't necessarily feel that way after reading it mm-hmm. this time he was he was still better yeah. <laughs> but even, <laughs> if, even if he is kind of like a lovesick puppy yeah it wasn't as gross to me the second time yeah it was like almost a little bit sweeter this time yeah, instead of just gross which Bryce I felt like didn't change as much from book one Mm-mm. to book two where I felt like Hunt's personality really changed yeah so that was interesting to me mm-hmm I would actually really agree with that. Bryce does come into like some confidence, I mm-hmm. think, of being a leader in a way. Yeah. Um, and I think that she's more confident in that in this book. But other than that, she does. She has a lot of the same tendencies yeah. in both. But Hunt is a very different man in this book than yeah. he was. Male. Yeah. <laughs> in this book than he was in the last. Because clearly there's a difference. <laughs> yeah. what did you, so like hard hitting right away. What did you think about them being mated? What, oh man, I've got lots of, yeah, that? I've got lots of thoughts. on. I, let me find some of the pages because there mm-hmm. was a couple things with mates that I want to talk about in mm-hmm. here and that could be a good place to start. Yeah. So I'm starting on 84 okay. of the um, US hardcover if anyone's interested. But because I wanted to read this part exactly. Yes. Because there were several definitions of the term mate, <laughs> though Bryce supposed that to Ethan, to a shifter, only one mattered. One's true lover predestined by Erd. The Fae had a similar concept. A mate that was a bonder deeper than marriage and beyond an individual's control. The angels she knew used the term far more lightly. Blah, blah, blah. It was akin to marriage, could be arranged. So. Like breeding animals in a zoo. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so they say that, but then when we get further yeah so the only reason why i think the first time i read this i wasn't sure i really actually thought they were mates was mm-hmm. because of the conversation went on 315 mm-hmm. after they hook up and uh or i think it's maybe after they hook up and 
Hunt is like, oh, well, like, you know, what are we? And um, and he's like, well, what if we use the term mate? And she's like, well, mates are a really intense thing for Faye. Like, it's binding. It doesn't mean the same. He asks, like, doesn't that, is not us? Like, doesn't that mean us? Aren't we that? Yeah. And then there's a question where they go, um, to Faye, we're bound on a biological molecular level. And he asks, is it a biological thing? And she says, it can be. Some fake claim to know, blah, blah, blah. Is it ever between species? And she goes, I don't know. But then at the mm. end, we find out that there are like, sh- the, the shifters are actually fae and some other stuff too. So it makes me kind of wonder if angels are part fae. They're not. Well, and they're like made, I know. Yeah. We'll, we'll get more into that. Yes, but yes. I just thought that was interesting, the like interspecies things. So. Right. And so I thought it was really interesting, the questions about the interspecies too. Because then the Autumn King, when she goes, oh, um, we're actually mated. He goes, can half-breeds really do that? Right. And I was like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but then, so I originally, I didn't think. Like when I read this before, mm-hmm. I didn't think they were really mates because I felt like they just chose to be mates. Yes. Not that it wasn't the same as what we felt in the right. other series. But but you feel on, yeah, on 492, mm-hmm. just flipping all over here. Sorry. Oh, no, it's all good. Um, 492 is when Rune is talking about it. Mm-hmm. And he says, and it's after Hunt has gone all crazy, right? Yeah. And he says it means he's going ballistic in the way only mates can when the other is threatened. It's what happened then. It's what's happening now. Your true mates, the way fates are, they are mates in your bodies and souls. That's what was different about your scent the other day. Your scents have merged as they do between fae mates. So then there was enough discussions about their scent merging. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't know. So... I that was a part that I came back to as well because I noted when Rune goes, You smell weird. Yes. <laughs> yep. And I was like, okay. But he only says it to Bryce, he doesn't say it to Hunt. Mm. And I was like a question mm. that I have is, did anybody say that to Hunt? That he smelled differently? Yes, because they, Celestia does. Does she? When he like comes in her office and she like make basically makes a comment to say that like him and Bryce must have actually gotten together because they smell different or something oh. like that. I thought I thought that Celestia said something to Hunt. Okay, okay. That kind of takes my question back a little bit then because that I was just questioning mm. like mm, if like people... he was Hermie but like the other way around is like not the same or something yeah. that doesn't happen on a biological level. Right. And part of me just wonders too because he's Rune says that's what was different about your scent the other day and not currently. Like, oh, that's why you um, smell different. I think it was just he noticed that it started smelling different. Yeah. Like, the other day was what how I took that. Yeah. But and so now he's used to it. I guess. Because I was, like, this might be a little gruesome, but, like, was he just smelling sex? I mean, I, I have wondered that, too. Because <laughs> if they're just smelling somebody else on you. Like, right. Bodily fluids. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, ooh, gross. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely wanted that, too. I... Uh, but I think part of the reason why this time I'm like pretty sure mm-hmm. that I think they're going to be real mates is because on 348 when when there's like something going on with the like reapers, I think. Oh, was yeah. That background when all that was going on and Hunt or Bryce can't see Hunt and she goes, Hunt's lightning had stopped. Where was he? Would a mate know? Would a mate feel? And like cuts off. So I feel like that's supposed to mean like, like would a, no, a mate know if your mate died? Yeah. And so that's where I think that's going. And I feel like that's going to be foreshadowing for Hunt to die. Oh. And that she's going to be able to tell and that that's. And she's going to be able to feel it. That's, that's my guess. Or, or, in, or even if it's not her, I think that that's like foreshadowing that somebody's mate is going to die oh my God, and they're going to be able to feel it because of the bond. <gasps> but that's why I'm like, I kind of wonder. That's okay. See, it ma- that made me question more mm. because if you like with recent Feyre, they're, they can feel each other down the bond and Lucian and but they're both Daimati. But Lucian can also feel Elaine or he can like go into her he mind. Can go in- no, he doesn't. Go- he didn't go into her mind. Did he, he like he- tried to reach down there like right and she felt that and she was like what is that like Mm. she felt him too yeah and but like 
Cassian and Nesta don't like they like talk about a tug on the bond, but like they don't oh. go in each other's heads. Like I think that's a Daymati thing. Okay. Do we right? think Lucian is? But see, that's what I think Lucian was doing too. It's because he said he tugged on the bond. I don't think he oh, was okay. like in her mind. He wasn't like okay. I'm okay. not sure because okay. remember he said he was like yeah. pulling towards it and like got closer right. to her. But we don't see that with Bryson. Yeah. I don't know. It, so when I read that, because I had that exact mm-hmm. quote in my mind, but I felt it a little differently. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe a mate would know. And that's just confirming that it's not a oh. real mate. Oh, you think that it was like, if you're unsure, then that means you're not. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's what it made me question. Yeah. So do you <laughs> think that they are real mates or mm-hmm. no? You don't think they are? I don't think they are. You th- do you think it's fake mates like with Rowan? Or do you Ooh. think that they just are more of like the angel term for mates. I think it's more like the angel term where they just, oh yeah, I guess we're mates. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the way that they were just like, oh yeah, sure. And then later as they've just like been hanging out more like, oh yeah, that is my mate. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It doesn't feel like we've seen it in the past, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially since so many people questioned like, oh, can you have mates with like interspecies? Mm-hmm. And then there were just so many comments about Hunt being other. Mm, yes, I, I've got <laughs> a lot of things on Hunt this time too. Yes, I did too. What What do you have for, what you got? What's your first one? Um, well, the first was like very early in the book. I didn't really remember how much he was compared to Thur and even like that yeah. one statue, the, the making of the sword mm-hmm. and that Bryce sends it, a picture of it to Hunt laughing and saying that he looks like that, that it, even his, her parents point out that he looks like that yes. and that it was of a, a powerful mate, fey male with an, a hammer raised towards the sky in one fist, lightning cracking down from the skies, filling the hammer and flowing down towards the object of the hammer's intended blow, yes. a sword. And so it kind of made me wonder if maybe that was, and it, it was called, uh, what did I just get? The making of the sword. I wonder if it was the making of the star sword, like the Bryce has. Oh. Like the pair, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But it said it was from, it was from early after they came to Midgard, uh-huh. 125 years after that. But there was that, and then... Um, and then later, again, she comments when Bryce is in his yep. Rage Daisy eyes. Yes. And she mentions again that he looks exactly like that bust of the guy making the uh-huh. sword. I remember that too. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. I don't know. So, like, do you think he's some reincarnation of Thur or embodiment of Thur, the god oh, of thunder or something? Thur was his dad. Oh, maybe. Well, yeah, because there was the whole, like, yes. he was bred to yes. uh hunt the demons or whatever uh-huh or or well, i don't remember exactly what the i know i have a, i know it in was, here somewhere. oh my gosh it was like he was oh what was read it? specifically to do something and yes. it's when he was talking to apollyon mm-hmm. i think it was when he was talking to him when he came in oh yeah, okay six, six seven. Oh yeah that's very close to that <laughs> the six 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 page <laughs> okay hold on Maybe it was on 666. <laughs> I, think, I think it started there. It oh was, Orion was bred to be receptive to our kind. Our kind mm. being um, like the princes of hell and demons. Why do you think he's so adept at hunting us? Hmm. That's what. Interesting. That's what she says. So bred by who? We yeah, know bred that. Bred by whom? Jessica knows Hunt's dad. Mm-hmm. And so does Adis. Clearly Apollyon. And that's what I was going to say is that clearly Jessica was knew the male best. Right. Was really close with him. And then, I don't know. Because, so, that brings me to another point with the underking. Mm. And when the underking says, uh, or Bryce says to the underking, um, did Jessica call you? Like, did she put yeah. you up to this? And he's like, who? Yes. And he's she, like, I don't know her by that name. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, that's not the name that I know her by, but yes, I do know her. Uh-huh. And so I was like, hmm. And the underking also in that same area had talked about how he, uh, let me see if I can find the exact, maybe I don't have it on here. Um, 689 is when I have that page for about Jessica. If that's what you're looking at. Uh, nope. It's nope. from, um, 
page 330 when they're in the bone quarter and he goes i know of the void that the princes of hell Mm. worship it birthed me too yep and so he clearly either is like also a prince of hell or like their cousin or brother or whatever Mm -hmm. which makes sense why he would know jessica if she's like buddy buddy with um adis yeah well because they're all or i guess i was gonna say they're all from the house of flame and shadow but that's not true the princes of hell are like separate from mm -hmm. the flame and shadow right yeah that's that's where the under king and jessica are so originally i was like oh it makes sense that they've got some weird stuff going on right but um yeah. yeah it just seemed a little odd yeah well and <laughs> when apollyon um talks about isn't it apollyon yeah um talks about the void and he says that do you not know where i come from my father was the void the being that existed before mm-hmm. chaos was his bride and my damage to them that we shall all day one day return yes interesting but i kind of wonder i feel like sometimes when they talked about the cauldron they mm-hmm. talked about there being a void in the cauldron which made me really curious just about specifically the using the term void oh i don't know if you remember that but i yeah. feel like they kind of talked about that oh that's really interesting in the cauldron so i'm, I'm kind of curious about that if those are related at all oh that's really interesting because they also talk about the cauldron as like you know like the making of worlds and yep. stuff through there yeah and so it's weird to see like maybe maybe that'll be a connection yeah, I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's really interesting. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, and then that also could make me think too, like with the his father being the void, and the the bride was chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, was hell? Hell wasn't the first. Nope, I just confused myself because <laughs> for some reason I thought that hell would have been like the first like planet that the asteroid would have conquered but we know that that's not true from like the history that they were looking no at. yeah the, the asteroid had already been conquering planets for a long time it right. seemed like before they got to hell but if the like so for the princes of hell if their father was like the beginning of time so like to put in kind of like christian terms like god then are they the first planet Yeah, I don't know. Or just very old beings, I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Because they, I don't know. It yeah. just seems like really like old timey, like mm-hmm. like it was really taken from Christian background. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I didn't necessarily get the Christian vibes, but I might have missed that cue. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it is called hell, I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm not sure. Because just because they were born from the void doesn't mean that the void couldn't have been like making things a long time right like oh, it doesn't yeah. mean that they would have to be the first thing like it could have been mm-hmm. continuing to create things continuing oh, yeah. to create new planets so i guess i don't know that i think it needs to be the first but they do seem older than yeah, like so, a lot of other planets definitely so i yeah i'm not really sure on that hmm. yeah yeah i liked that there was a lot of talk about like what else was happening and we got a lot of information on like the other planets. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I liked it. What did you think about Hell helping Midgard in the first wars, not hurting? Um, I forgot about it. <laughs> Same. I was like, how did I forget that? Because that Me feels too. like that was a really important takeaway from this book. Yes. And I did not remember. And it's tr- <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that they talk about that in the first two chapters. Like, it's like very yes. early in the book that um bryce talks to one of the princes of hell and is like he's trying to be like yeah no we tried to help you guys before 
And she just doesn't listen. And then they come back later and he's like, I told you we tried to help you before. He's like, I wasn't lying to you. I was being honest. I did not remember that at all. To be honest. Either. Or that Adis was Queen Thea's great love. Yeah. I I don't know why I forgot that either. I I also forgot that um, Regellus. Regellus, I don't know how to say his name. Regellus, like, pretended to be Adis. Yeah. Uh, did not remember that either totally forgot about that but the only one they say hell was there to help Mm -hmm. but i don't know that i believe the prince of the ravine is there to help it doesn't seem that way right because his interaction with them is like very different because that's yes they he interacts with them through (sighs) the mystics when Mm -hmm. they're searching for connor and they go to so they're all of our group of friends here yeah. and it's driven by Ethan want to make sure that Connor and the pack of wolves are, are all right. Even though they're dead, they found out about the whole second light thing. Yeah. Meaning that after you die and a certain amount of time passes that like your soul is basically consumed through second light. And so they yeah. they go to the mystics um, and the astronomer to try and see if they can like find Connor and confirm he's actually okay. Right. And while they're looking for Connor, the mystic goes to the sixth layer of hell, the ravine. Yes. And it was either, I don't right? remember if it was the fifth or the sixth. Well, because but the chasm is the fifth because oh, that's yeah. Thetis. <laughs> You're so, right. It's the sixth. Um, and yeah. it's Thanatos, which yes. I could not, not read as Thanatos just because of Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh my gosh. But yeah. So then he starts looking out like through the mystics eyes, basically and yeah. seeing Bryce and, their interaction he's like i'm gonna consume all you guys like starting with you starborn yeah that does not sound like i'm gonna help you in the war not at all not at all well and then he even says at one point like i do not have the same agenda as my brothers Mm -hmm. do sketch very sketch Sketch. very sketch and the fact that he like tries to kill the mystics and like Mm -hmm. eat them while they are trying to give all of this information yeah i agree i don't think that they have the same agenda yeah i don't think he's gonna try to help them yeah which just makes me so curious about how apollyon and Adis and the other four princes that we haven't even talked about at all yeah are gonna be involved because um at some point when apollyon's talking to bryce he also says that um like part of why thea failed is because she trusted them so mm-hmm. much right that she trusted hell and he, right. he basically is like, yeah, you're right to not trust us because that was her failure in the end was trusting us, which then I was like, you're <laughs> sitting here telling us that yeah. you fought on their side. But it makes <laughs> me wonder if maybe like it's the princes are yeah. split or something. Yeah, that's that's kind of what it made me think of, too. But does that mean that they shouldn't be trusting Adis? I don't know. I don't want to trust the uh, Thanatos. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I definitely don't trust Thanatos. No. So. I, he's in his own. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. What did you think about Apollyon coming into their dreams and telling them that they needed to get ready for war? Like, did you think that was him trying to help? Because it didn't seem like that either. Like, I'm going to throw my demons at you. And if you don't live, then. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really know how to feel about that. I mean, he's supposed to be yeah evil i guess kind of you know sort of evil mm-hmm. um and so i guess i understand that if if we're supposed to be imagining him as not even a morally gray character but like kind of as a you a know bad, like as a evil. bad character but that yeah. just happens to have similar goals to bryce mm-hmm. that i could understand saying in his mind hey well i know i'm gonna fight this dairy coming up soon I only want the best of the best. And if you can't make it through this, well, then you're no use to me anyways. Yeah. Right. Like if that was the attitude about yeah. it, I mean, do I think it's harsh from Bryce's <laughs> perspective? Absolutely. But yeah, I can definitely. see how he was just going to be like, I don't care either. You're going to do it or you're not. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it was it's just kind of funny that he'd say that. And then he would like, he would like come back in their dreams and be like, so guess what? Remember that one time when I told you you need to start fighting more? Like you got to start doing it. Yeah. And he like kept pushing them towards it. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. But do you think that they would have pushed themselves to explore of much, as much of their power as they no. did had he not? That, so I, I get why he did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, and I feel like they, they didn't even really start pushing themselves because he 
asked them to, they started doing it because they ended up in danger. Like, the first time we kind of see, like, where Hunk goes all ballistic with his power was because Bryce was in danger. Mm -hmm. Which kind of brings me back to a point about mates. Um, I think that when they're talking about the angels and they're bred differently, like, clearly they're meant to be guardians. Mm. And... Somebody, I don't remember where it was, but somebody had definitely said, um, like, definitely so your power is leveled up and clearly with your guardians. And they looked at Hunt. And so mm. Hunt was bred, I think, to be a guardian angel. Oh. And oh, so- interesting. I thought when I had read that statement, I thought that because he said that it was when they were talking about Bryce's star yes. glowing yes. and when it was near what other fae from her with her the same power yes, or something yeah and then she's like oh but it glows around hunt and he's like or your guardians but I, I mean it also sometimes glows around like uh ethan and like other friends right or was it just hunt and it was fae? just hunt and cormac and rune and rune well yeah rune's full fae. right but that's uh-huh. that's why i was trying to think if it was any of the other friends or if I it was just those so. two i think it was just oh. the pure fae oh my mm. gosh that's really interesting and yeah huh well and so with hunt i think that that's why i think i'm not as sold about the mates is because i think he levels her up yes because he's her guardian and not Mm. because they're mates Mm. and he's got just like this like immense power and because he's so powerful she gets like more of a charge Mm mm-hmm so who do you think in Perithian is going to be able to charge Bryce up in Crescent City oh. 3? Because Hunt isn't there. <laughs> yeah. And I think to be able to use, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to say, I think to be able to use the horn, she might have to, uh, might have to like, I don't know, be leveled up. But yeah. at the same time, they also mentioned, I think it was towards the end mm-hmm. of the book. Let me see exactly what it was. So there was a specific quote, and I think it's when the one of the Asteri, I guess it must be Rigilus, is that how we're saying it, um, says that they wielded the horn and another fey object. Yes. So I'm wondering (laughs) if maybe the horn and the harp together, Bryce won't need to be leveled up. Oh. Or maybe it's not the harp, but I I was guessing it was the harp because um, Nesta uses the harp to like move Uh through, right? They say moving through worlds. And so I wonder if the horn and... And the harp together. Since we think that the Luna's horn is the fourth dread trove. Right. <gasps> so I'm oh. wondering if those are the two objects that were used together. And that if she has that, if she doesn't need to be leveled up. Oh my gosh, that's really interesting. Or do you think there's someone in Perithian that can level her up? Yeah. So the first thought that I had, um, when she goes to Perithian and she notices that the the dagger truth teller is, has the same runes on it that uh her star sword does and it starts glowing black i it makes obviously like azrael's the one that wields truth teller what if it's as and his shadows and it's like night and day could also be reese like since she has since bryce the star sword is like yeah i know that i get the star sword and um truth teller are paired and as notices that when he grabs her and before he blindfolds her right um and so the star sword glows with starlight but she notices that truth teller is like glowing black Uh and when bryce is all excited and everything she glows with starlight Mm -hmm. as has the black shadows Mm -hmm. and so what if it's as or reese or rune but Rune's not in Prithian when she's going to be. Yeah. Maybe. And so maybe it's like somebody who is like all magical, powerful in night, like night and like stars. But somebody all powerful that's going to do what? I think that's where I'm confused. That like just that as are you saying that you think as and her are supposed to be together because their swords are paired? Or, I'm or he could like level her up. Oh, okay. Yes. That was the part yes. I was missing. I was like, not sure. I was like, yeah. Okay. And <laughs> I think. Yes, you think that his shadows could power her up. Yes. Mm. Or Reese's. Because we know Reese has like the night power too. Mm. And so maybe one of them. Yeah. Well, because we know that Hypoxia is able to power her up with the healing yeah. power even. So there are like multiple types of energies mm-hmm. that work, right? Even if she usually uses hunts. Right. So. 
because mm. she doesn't only use hunts. Yeah. So. But okay, know. so in that scene, <laughs> I I'm very curious about that. Yes. But in that scene, uh, monologue mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're talking about the horn and another fey object being used together. Yeah. He also talks about how they built fearsome warriors uh, that were like a prototype for the angels hmm. in Perithian. Those have got to be the that, Illyrians, right? I was going right? to say that have wings. I was like, that's got to be the Illyrians. <laughs> or, but it, it did also make me wonder though, because when we are, I think it's maybe in day court. I don't okay. remember. Remember, don't they have winged um, people the too? Like, mm-hmm. Yes, those. So then it made me wonder if maybe they are actually the ones that were the mm-hmm. um, prototype for. Oh, that'd be interesting. So well, it made me wonder which. I, I don't know if it was in this book or if it was in the first one, but somewhere along the way, I remember them talking about the angels and how they were breeding the angels. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the wings and said, yep, it only took a few generations and we got their wings to look like that. Mm. So it could have been the Illyrians. Mm. Yeah, see it. That's- and they just, their wings changed over a couple of millennia, whatever. Right. But that's a really good thought. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Kind of wild. Well, I thought it was crazy. So when Bryce like opens the portal and she's like, send me to hell and then get sent to Prithian. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I had stuff about that too, because is it just, I mean, on 784. Oh yeah. The way that the Asteri talk about, um, about, the star is they say that the star will lead us to that world and meaning the world where the Fae originally came from. Yes. Um, and so, and it was saying that like our initial attempt at revenge was foiled by your ancestor who also boiled our star, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And so I'm, their home world was rich in magic. It makes me think that maybe she went to Perithian because of the star on her chest. And because that's where the Fae were from. Yeah. Because they were saying that they were going to use that star to go to that world. Yeah. And so I wondered if maybe like they just originally the first time I read it, I thought that, I don't know. We had talked about maybe like hell and um, Perithian being mixed Mm -hmm. up sometimes, but then I'm reading it this time. I wondered if maybe it was just because she has the star. And it was like a beacon for their homeland yeah. instead. That's, it's just so interesting to me, though, that she can, like, when she first, like, opened up the portal, and she opened up the portal to hell. And so, I don't know. I'm she, like, When did she open up a portal to hell? In Ho- uh, House of Earth and Blood. She closes the portal to hell. She doesn't open any. Who opened the portal to hell? Mm, Micah using the horn. Mm. And so when Hunt levels her up and he shoots his like power into her mm. horn and opens the portal, mm, that's why right. I think that maybe, I don't know. I'm on the fence. Yeah. No, you're right. I kind of forgot that, I mean, Micah does use the horn on her back. To open up that portal originally too, so maybe, maybe it was something weird about how she was. But you maybe using it by herself, she was. Just, I don't know. Yeah. That is really interesting. I'm not sure. And we still have confusions over why hell keeps getting interlinked with things because yeah. again, when they're with the astronomer, astro- astronomer, <laughs> I can't speak. They. The astronomer says, strange, why were we drawn to hell if your friend isn't there? Yes. Because when they were looking for Connor is when they go Uh to the ravine. But the prince of the ravine is like, I don't know anybody here. There's no one dead or alive here. It says that. Mm -hmm. What if Connor is in Berithian? Yes. Yes. That'd be amazing. (laughs) I know. I know. And what if, I mean, that's what I kind of mean too. Like with the beacon, what if Prithian is hell? What, like the first layer of hell or something? Like a yeah. not scary layer of hell? Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I know. <laughs> I'm very curious to see me too. how that keeps being like mixed up. I thought it was really interesting too when she landed and she's describing ass. <laughs> and she's yeah. like talking about his scarred hands and leathery wings like a demon. 
I noticed that too. Yep. <laughs> I did not. I don't think they're ever described like that in Akatar. Well, I mean, leathery, they do leathery. say. Yeah. And I also <laughs> thought it was interesting because I caught it this time that Apollyon also has leathery wings. Yeah. I didn't catch that the first time. I didn't for sure. either. So that, I don't know why I just thought that was like an interesting tie yeah, also. Like a connection yeah. between the two. Yeah. Very interesting. Mm. But you know who else we see sometimes who has wings and sometimes they don't? Resand. Yeah. Where like the Illyrians, they they always have their wings. Uh-huh. Reese and, can, and Reese like magically tucks them away somehow. Yep. Does and then does not have them sometimes. And Oh, so uh, is that reinforcing that you think maybe mm-hmm. Prithian is one of the layers of hell? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or Reese is a prince of hell. <laughs> yeah. And just not in hell. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. There was another point when they were talking about. Um, um, there was a point where she was talking to Regellus, I believe, and he's telling her all about like these two species of fae, but they're both fae. Yes, and but they, they hail from, from different worlds, and they hail from different worlds. And he starts talking about this magic rich island. Yes, I noticed that too. (laughs) It's like how convenient. Yes. And I think like we've talked about before that the island of the prison is the missing dust core. Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) Yep. Because he even talks about it being like in forever twilight and stuff like that. Yeah, it's got to be. Exactly. It's just still so interesting to me. That we would have so many like autumn court references. Yeah. And that we have. So when they're talking about like the two types of fae, they have the ones who are predominantly shifters. Mm-hmm. And then the ones who, when they were in their home world, only a few of them actually had the ability to shift are high lords. Mm-hmm. And how now they're together and they're interbreeding and they're mixing and now their power is dwindling. I just, I can see why we would have a lot of night court references because Reese talks about ruling the prison, even mm-hmm. though it kind of rules itself now. Mm-hmm. But like if we, if before he was like really heavily involved and the night court was really heavily involved with like ruling the prison, I could see why we would have a lot of like the night court, like in Avalon, mm-hmm. the people from there have a lot of like night court qualities. Oh, where, meaning the shadows and the Daimati and yes. all that stuff. Yep. Whereas, like, in Lunatheon, we have a lot of autumn court references, and that's where I'm like, why? Yeah, that's not been clear if... Because he talks about luring Faye into Midgard, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, it, it doesn't seem clear if there were Faye from any other courts that were also lured in, or, like, any other area, but I guess maybe in the same way that Faye and the different courts in Perithian developed different powers over generations. I yeah. guess maybe we're supposed to assume it's the same. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, th- I did think that that was a little bit odd. Yeah. So it was just interesting. Yeah. Well, on a broader note, I'm just <laughs> curious to hear your opinion. Yeah. What did you think of Therion versus Ethan in this book? Mm, I thought Ethan had a bigger role for some reason. Like, I felt like a lot of his story got kind of left out a little bit and we learned more about Therion than I thought we did the Mm -hmm. first time I read it. I didn't care about his point of view as much the first time. (laughs) Did you care about it more this time? Yes and no. (laughs) I just, the reason why I asked that is because I love Ethan. I think he's so sweet and cute and wants to do good. And yeah, he's like kind of working his way into being helpful in this book but like you know not quite there and even though therion and ethan are probably like (laughs) equally represented i found therion so boring i just am like not interested in him as a character and i don't know why i'm not like i don't get why i don't like him so much yes like even from the very beginning when we found out that like he was trying to find Sophie and everything. I just thought he was kind of just like a dumb jock. Yeah, I don't. Which and is so funny because yeah. again, like him and Ethan are definitely both side characters. Yes, but I just I, I don't, personally like Ethan so much better. Yes, okay, I do too. I didn't like. I didn't care about Therion's journey in the slightest. And this time, I unfortunately cared less about Ethan. Did you? Yeah, and I don't. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's because I thought he had 
a bigger portion in everything. I think he's going to have a bigger portion in the next one because I think, I think so too. him not being a part of, I don't know, like the, the regular pack, mm-hmm. I guess, and forming that like pack with all those bay boys, males. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I feel like he's like worked his way into that group and has now like by the end of this has basically decided, yeah, I want to be an alpha. Yeah. I want to have my own pack. It's going to start with this mystic that I'm going to save. Right. I think that that's going to be his start of being more important in the next book. Well, I question it though, because the first thing that he says about that new wolf is that she's an alpha. Yeah. And so does that mean that he is going to let her be the alpha of the pack Maybe they lead together. I don't know. Maybe lead together. Yeah. Because from what we see, like with the prime, who is the alpha, like there can only be one. Oh, that's true. Because he talks about kind of stepping down to let other people step up before. Mm -hmm. Mm, So it does kind of make you wonder which of them would actually be the alpha. But he seems to want someone other than... uh, Sabine, Sabine to, to lead, lead. Oh. so maybe oh. it's more important to him to have her up there like he could still mm-hmm. be alpha of a pack even if he's not the alpha of everybody yes you and know? so maybe because we do find out that the the mystic is the last fender and so mm-hmm. like when she was given away as like a three-year-old is that what it was she was really young so at like Three or four, she was sold into being a mystic by her family. Right. Because she had so much power. Yeah. Well, she had she, this mystic power. Yeah. She was already showing power. And so they basically sold her Jesus. into <laughs> slavery for that so oh that her gosh. family could have food and whatever. Yeah. But do you think, I think it's going to be important that she, she has been a mystic for years right yeah she's seen all these other worlds and she's seen all this stuff and now she's removing herself from that situation yeah. and to what we know no one else has ever been out their mind exploring all these places right and come back and been present in the world again right so I, that's why i'm like i feel like she's really gonna end up being a very key player in i the think next so book. too i think so too and it's gonna be tough because i can see that being its own complete story like completely mm. separate from Bryce's journey. And so that makes me think that it's just going to end up being like, maybe it might not be oh. the next book, but like maybe the book after where we end up just following their journey. Like kind of like how, you know, SJM like switches like point of views and characters and stuff. She does. I feel like it's going to be like that. I honestly, I didn't even think about this until you said that, but I wonder if this next Crescent City isn't even really going to be about Bryce that much. It's mostly going to be about other people in oh. <laughs> Midgard because... I hope not. <laughs> because I wonder if the next Akatar book that she has planned is going to be more in Perithian. And oh. Crescent City will be more in Crescent City. Midgard. Yeah. And so maybe it will be more like Ethan and Fury and... Oh. I don't know. Everybody else. Not. Hunt, Rune. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I didn't what? I didn't really think about that. Like I'm sure we saw from the teaser that clearly Bryce is yes. like in it, but I don't know. I just don't know how quickly she'll return to Midgard. Right. Like do you think it could be Yeah, like either they just spend like almost no time in Midgard and just go back right away. Or like how they did in Akasif where you're still getting bits and pieces of like Feyre's journey through but you're like focused on Nesta. So what if we're focused on like Midgard, and then we're just like briefly seeing what's happening. Just glimpses of what's going mm-hmm. on in Prithian. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm gonna be really curious. I know. I, me too. I feel like if Crescent City three isn't about Bryce or mainly Bryce, people are gonna be kind of annoyed with it. I think I'm it's gonna, gonna be, be kind of annoyed. I think with it's it. gonna be like Tower of Dawn. Yeah, you know, where everyone is like, oh, I'm over it. Can we make characters good? I'm gonna feel that way for sure. She's not said that it's like Tower of Dawn, where it's totally different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow i'm like now a little nervous that's know, what it's too. gonna be <laughs> me too do you have well okay here's one very random but fun thing <laughs> yeah. of a like do you think this will happen uh-huh do you think that bryce will ride a pegasus in <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope so. <laughs> I mean, we know that Kilian has all the Pegasus, Pegasus, yeah. Pegasi. I don't even know. She's got to be like in her happiest like yeah. element. Because she talks about the Pegasus, <laughs> the per- person riding a Pegasus <laughs> in that same scene when she's looking at all the art in the beginning yeah. when she sees someone that's like that. So that's like my very low stakes theory <laughs> is I think that she's going to ride a Pegasus I and she's going to have fun. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's adorable. I hope so. She's gonna be like in her best like element ever. Just like fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my god, that's so funny. Do you have any other? I, I have some other ones, but do you have any other <laughs> like little theories for Crescent City Three? Like something you think you might see or something that might happen? Um, I don't know if it's gonna be little, but kind of on like the thought train that we were kind of in just a second ago, where like how much time do we think is gonna be spent in Prithian? When she lands, nobody speaks her language except Reese and Amran. Right. And so it's gonna be really difficult for her to try to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. So like, are they gonna have like some device where she they can like translate it, or like is she really only gonna be able to speak to Amran and Reese? She like, might just be translating through. Yeah, or like learning a new language to speak to everybody else. Yeah, like that. I don't know. It seems a little difficult to like have a lot of the story when you don't speak the same. I don't think that we're going to spend very much time in Perithian. That makes me sad. But I just it because it's not an Akhtar series book. That's why I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time there. That's my guess. Bummer. I know. I (laughs) am curious for Crescent City 3, though, mm-hmm. it, I think Hypaxia's uh, necromancy is going to come like and be more important in that book. Okay. Uh, but it makes me curious because, you know, her lover is Celestia, yeah. who sold out Hunt and Bryce to the Asteri. Yeah, what the fuck? I forgot about that betrayal. But I think that she sold her out or that she sold them out because... They were probably like what otherwise threaten Hypaxia and she loves Hypaxia and she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do anything to protect the person I love because really close before then she has that really weird conversation with um, Hunt about like, oh, if you ever need an ally, yes. like know that I'm here. And it was like over the top, like I'm telling like, you, come to me if anything, right. like, if you need somebody, I'm here for you. So it makes me think that maybe like Slush didn't want to sell Hunt out and that maybe she will still help him in Crescent City mm-hmm. 3. And because that betrayal since Hypaxia and Celestia are connected, yes. I was like, well, I don't think Hypaxia was betraying them. I don't think so either. And so I, I don't actually think that Celestia wanted to betray them. I think that she was probably, her hand was forced mm-hmm. to like protect people she loves. I think so too. I just thought it was so unfortunate that I had forgotten that part. And then Aww. when Regellus is like, oh yeah, you mean when she completely called us? Well, because she sold them out. She called them, she called the Astri after they had got gone to Bryce's parents for the weekend Mm -hmm. and he wasn't there and then so she did it twice Mm -hmm. and it's like that was a long time ago like why did she sell them out right after she knew like that to me seemed a little shady I don't know I mean she might not have really been aware of how deep the hysteria problems go Mm -hmm. though like so from her perspective that's her chain of command right and she's like you know, if somebody reporting to me is doing something super sketch. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I should tell my boss. Uh, not to say not that it was right, problem. but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was really odd, too, that, like, clearly Hypaxia is, like, major rebel. And then she's with Celestina, who is, like, like reporting to that. Is Astrid? it Celestina? Am I, uh-huh. Have I been saying it wrong this whole time? I've been saying Celestia. Oh, did you? <laughs> I don't. I, I didn't know there was an N in there. It. Yeah, <laughs> Celestina. I thought it was just I A at the end, so I thought it was like. No worries. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't God, think that hilarious. I say any of these words right. <laughs> You've actually done really well with Crescent City. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that, but thank you. <laughs> Celestina. Okay, oh my gosh. I'm going to have to remember that. I think it's Anyways. really funny that like Hypaxia being this like, like, like major rebel is like very interesting that like Celestina is like selling out the people that she knows are rebels. She clearly doesn't know about Hypaxia then. 
I don't know. That that's why I think that her hand was forced because yeah, maybe they were like holding Hypaxia hostage or something. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe, or like mm. threatening her or something. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, since we have so much to talk about, <laughs> per usual with these SGM reads, this will be a two-parter. So this will conclude part one and join us again next week for part two before Crescent City Three comes out. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, bye. Thank you so much for joining us on Miss Willow's Book Club Podcast. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Miss Willow's Book Club Pod for our upcoming reads. Keep it spicy, book lovers. Ha <laughs> <laughs>